Beloved, do not grumble against one another, so that you may not be judged. See, the judge is standing at the doors. As an example of suffering and patience, beloved, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Truly, I tell you, among those born of a woman, no one has arisen greater. 
greater than John the Baptist, yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. The Gospel of the Lord. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So here we are, week three, deep in Advent. And we have companions on this journey. Not only one another in this season that we love, but Mary the mother of Jesus, and John the Baptist. Today, for me, they feel particularly close, powerfully present with us. They are our ancestors in faith and have something to show us about this faith we share. Today, Mary sings. She is with her cousin Elizabeth, who is also pregnant, and they have a moment a moment when not only are they connected in their miraculous news of babies and new life, but the unborn baby John, we are told, leaps in Elizabeth's womb as he recognizes himself to be in the presence of God Almighty. These two women, these two unborn children, all four of them knowing themselves to be blessed, be in the presence of God. Elizabeth exclaims out loud. John leaps and Mary sings. Standing upright, filled with the power of the Spirit, pregnant with the Christ, she sings of joy, pure joy. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. Have you ever had a moment like that? When you were filled with overwhelming joy, gratitude for God's blessing on your life. Perhaps it was a miracle of healing or the birth of a healthy child. Or Thanksgiving after the doctor said the tumor is benign. Maybe it was simply the sun rising on a new day of hope when your night was seemingly endless despair. I pray that each one of you knows Mary's song and that you sing it aloud as you bear the good news of life and love that is our God. For that is an aspect of Advent. Our joy that Christ is coming, our anticipation and preparation for the arrival of the baby Jesus into our hearts again. There's freshness and joy for a new day, a new chance, a new beginning. As we prepare our homes for family and friends, plan the festive meals, decorate the tree, wrap the gifts, may our hearts sing with joy and love and prayers of gratitude.
Mary's joy. And that is John's question. Jesus, are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Sitting in prison, John the baptizer, Jesus' cousin, the one who left in his mother's womb when they were babies, the one who knew Jesus before either of them was born, the prophet who spent his whole life proclaiming the good news, baptizing thousands of people who came to him, and even baptizing Jesus at the beginning of his ministry. Now, John is locked in prison by the state, and he has some doubts. He sends some of his followers to Jesus to ask, Are you the one? Or are we to wait for another? Did I mistake the message? Or the messenger? Do you know anything about these questions? I think we do. In a world where church attendance is declining, a world where every kind of religion or none is on offer, a world where we are imprisoned by our consumerism, our fears, our vulnerability, our addictions, it's easy to see how even the most faithful among us in the dark of night could wonder, Jesus, are you here? Are you the one? Or should I be waiting for another? In our pain, we think, Maybe yoga, maybe Buddhism, maybe coffee and pancakes at home with the kids on Sunday morning, maybe the travel team, that will be the ticket. Jesus, are you the one, or are we to wait for another? As an institution, we worry a lot about things too. Money. Is there a better way to do stewardship? What about our outreach efforts? Are we welcoming enough? What about rentals? What about attendance? Should we be looking at different programming for youth and for adults? Better coffee? Slicker marketing? Better signage? Are we doing it right? Or should we be waiting for something better? Something newer? Jesus, are you the one? Or are we to wait for another? My friends, these are real Advent questions. The good news is that Jesus answers it in the Gospel today for John and for the crowds and for us, but not in the way we might expect. Jesus tells John's friends, the ones who came to ask the question, go and tell John what you hear and see. Go and tell John what you hear and see. Those things, large or small, are the evidence that the reign of God is upon us. Tell John about the healing you or a family member have experienced. Tell John about the miracles you've heard about. 
the new life you know to be sprouting in the wilderness. Tell him, tell him how your life has been changed by encountering me. Now for me, admittedly, there are days and seasons when the evidence of the poor receiving good news and the blind regaining their sight seems sparse. And that's why, as people of faith, we must commit to seeking out that evidence of Christ in the world and then pointing it out to others. The other thing Jesus does in his answer is he reminds John and the crowd and all of us that we are part of God's entire big story. That story from before creation, from the beginning as the prophets foretold and as God promised to Abraham and his descendants, that's us. As Mary bears the Christ child and John recognizes him and as Jesus lives and dies and rises from the dead, changing everything. Jesus reminds us that we can miss that bigger picture when we focus only on the details of our lives and our ministry together. So the reality is, in both the small miracles we must notice and the grand sweep of God's reign, that's the reality, both. Christ pervades all of it. So the answer to the question is yes. Yes. He is the one for whom we have been waiting. He is the one. Our Advent waiting is a time to rejoice and to recommit and renew ourselves in these truths. To remember who we are and whose we are. So that's why I loved these stories of Mary and John today. Because in this Advent season, we are both Mary and John. Different messengers with the same good news. We are Mary as we bear Christ in our very selves. By our baptism, we are joined with him. So he is in us and we are in him. So may we give birth to his love each day in this world, the messy, sinful, beautiful world into which he came to be with us. Be merry. And we're John. In our humanity, our struggles and uncertainty sometimes about how God is calling us in this world, and we're John in our commitment to telling the truth and to making the way clear for others to see, pointing always to Christ in a world that races past the new life right in our midst. Mary and John, our ancestors in faith, providing us a legacy of truth, of joy, of proclamation. May your Advent days be hopeful and loving and may you be confident about who it is that is coming. Seeking him here, together, at the table, and in one another.
Anne, Susie and Ellie, Sandra, the Brosio family, Alice, Jane, Ming Jean, Colby, John, Matthew, Arlie, Will and Bill, Barbara, Jack, Edie, Kirstie and Ethan. Are there others? For all who are in prison, without homes, grieving or lonely, for the orphans and widows of today, we ask that in your name all oppression shall cease as we pray. O day spring, we ask that you might disperse the gloomy clouds of night and put death's dark shadow to light. For all who have died in the communion of your church, and those whose faith is known to you alone, that with all the saints they may have rest in that place where there is no pain of grief but eternal life. We pray. Almighty and transcendent God, we call to us, saying, Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Let your spirit open our lives to your hope. We may see Christ at his coming, to whom be glory and his dominion forever and ever. Amen.
enjoy this for coffee hour after the service. Um, additionally, because it's Advent after the service, immediately following the service, is a pageant rehearsal. Um, pageant families have received a schedule, but it did not tell you that even if you don't start with lunch today, you need to start in the big room so we can divide them into groups and you've been all of the hard work for that point. So at 11.15, go to the big room downstairs, parents and children. We have a couple of announcements today. A couple for me and one for you. Good morning. I'm Ruth Lewis and I'm Lobel Seymour. We're here to invite you to an all-parish dinner on Saturday, January 4th, after the wonderful Epiphany service of Lessons and Carols. This is not a potluck. You don't have to bring anything. You do have to pay $10 per adult and $5 per child, but not more than $25 per family. There will be antipasto and spaghetti and tomato sauce and alfredo sauce and meatballs, or not, and salad, and bread, and dessert, and coffee, seltzer, juice, and water, and lots of food coming. You can look for us in the parish hall during coffee hour to sign up. We hope you will come. <laughs>
May the sun of righteousness shine upon you and scatter the darkness from before your path. And the blessing of God Almighty, Creator, Christ, and Holy Spirit be with you and those you love, today and always. Amen. Amen.